When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hey YA. From great new books to favorite classic reads, news stories to the latest in on-screen adaptations, Hey YA is here to elevate the exciting world of young adult lit. Hey YA is a book riot podcast hosted by Erica Escutty and me, Tears of Price. We are recording this on August 11th. Hello, Erica. Hey, hey, hey. How are you? I'm great. How about you? I'm 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 in a weird like like summer is kind of over, but it's not. Like school is coming back. I don't know why. I feel it feels like a weird a weird time. I'm sure you kind of can relate to it as well in a way. But yeah, so that's that's yes. where, that's where I'm at. I'm doing well, <laughs> but it feels weird. Yes, we yeah that weird sort of like summer is ending follows almost upon us in between stage. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I can totally relate. I um, just moved from Iowa back to my home state of Michigan, which is very exciting, but also, mm-hmm. holy cow, a whole heck of a lot of work. And I'm also kind of feeling the whiplash of, like, summer is kind of to an end, but, like, not quite, but kind of is. My partner is a university professor, so <laughs> they're, like, already, like, okay, come on, time to focus. It's time for fall. And I'm like, but it's only <laughs> August 11th. <laughs> so, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is their time to shine. Like, fall is, yeah, very professorial. Like, yeah, that's their moment. I get it. I totally get that. It's the busy time of the year. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. um, But I'm also, I'm excited for fall. It is my favorite season. It does come with lots of new book releases. So it's a good time. Oh, my God. Yeah. It is such a good, yeah, no, fall is the reader's season. Like, every season is our season, but fall is, like, extra that season. So I am also excited for all of the many new releases that are going to come out. Yes. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. (laughs) Yes. Same, same, same. Okay. So this week for news for you all, it is a great month to be a YA reader if you like YA book adaptations because Love Boat Taipei by Abigail Hing Wen um, has been made into a movie. Um, They renamed it. So now it's Love in Taipei, which I'm going to absolutely call Love Boat in Taipei because the the association with the original title is strong. (laughs) That's real. Yeah. And so it's been made into a movie and the movie is available on Paramount Plus. Yeah. Um, It hit Paramount Plus on August 10th. If you do not have Paramount Plus, I think that there's a really good promotion going on where if you um, you can sign up for a free month with the code Loveboat. That's what I've been seeing on or not Loveboat. Taipei. Taipei. See, I'm already confusing the titles. Yes. If you are unsure, <laughs> go to Abigail Hingwen's social media because she's been sharing this information so you can watch it 
that first month with the, your, you know, free subscription. I have not watched it yet. I don't have a subscription to Paramount Plus, but I'm definitely thinking about taking advantage and watching because the adaptation looks so cute and it looks really cute. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll link the trailer in the show notes, but like, I think it's really great too because you're seeing more and more like predominantly Asian led casts and and movies coming out there's Mm -hmm. like this one's obviously a YA adaptation but there's another one called Joyride and I just think it's really great to see more you know TV and film that is led by an all Asian cast that is doing well and is getting the hype because that's awesome and that's not really something I think we saw very much before Crazy Rich Asians which is hard to believe because it's like, come on, but here we are. And so, yes, it is good to see predominantly Asian led casts and stuff like this. So I'm excited to watch it. I also don't have a Paramount Plus subscription and I didn't know that they were given the free trial. So I'm going to have to hit up the author's socials to see what I can see what I can scrounge up so I can watch it. It looks cute. Yeah, it looks great. And I think, you know, we've talked maybe about this before in the past that like, there's not a lot of YA books that are set outside of the U.S. that isn't like, you yeah. know, Paris, London, um, maybe Canada. Yeah. Um, so, um, sorry, Canadian YA. I didn't mean to sound so dismissive to you just now. <laughs> but, <laughs> oh yeah, it's, it's exciting to see YA books set in other parts of the world that don't typically get a lot of play when it comes to YA. Definitely. For sure. And then the other adaptation, which you've probably not really heard very much about, because this one kind of like, I feel like it snuck up on us because we were all in the book mm-hmm. slack being like, oh my God, this movie comes out next week. And I feel like I've heard nothing about it. Landscape with an Invisible Hand, um, which is originally a book by M.T. Anderson. It's just a slender little novel. But M.T. Anderson, you might know him because he wrote a little book called Feed, which was an award winner back when it came out in 1999. Um, It has an epic first line. It's a great book. And then this is his newer sci-fi book. I think it came out in like 2018. And it is being made into a movie. And it actually has a theatrical release on August 18th, which is amazing. I'm going to have to see if it's going to be in a theater anywhere near me. But the premise of this one is that like Earth has been taken over by aliens And they control all. And the systems that the aliens impose upon the humans are not super great. Like there's a lot of economic restrictions, which means that, you know, humanity is not having the best of time. But the aliens are super obsessed with like 1950s style, like human traditions and, and like you know, just that like mm. really conservative sort of lifestyle. And so yeah. these two teenagers, yeah, they come up with this plan, which is brilliant, which is they're like, oh my God, the aliens love like everything, you know, 1950s Americana. So they pretend to like have this like fake dating relationship where they like are, you know, acting like they're 1950s teenagers going on dates and and they're like broadcasting it. They're essentially live streaming their relationship for the aliens to watch and pay for and it's successful but like as they're going about doing this they like start to hate each other and they don't want to be doing it anymore but they can't stop without losing like their only source of income and they're basically supporting their fans oh wow (laughs) right that is a unique premise 
I didn't see you going there. I know. I thought about it and I was like, oh, you know, aliens, you know, okay, this is before I heard about the recent news of, you mm-hmm. know, alien confirmation, whatever. <laughs> yeah. That's been in the news lately. But like when the book first yeah. came out, I was like, you know, if aliens do exist and if they are fascinated by humans, this book is totally plausible. Like I can totally see it happening. Yeah. Yeah, I like how they're not like the common image of aliens, which is like, you know, laser beams and abductions. They're more like they're described as like annoying, oppressive, like little bureaucrats. And I'm like, yeah, right? why not? You know? Yes, I I definitely want to see this. Um, it has William yes. Jackson Harper and Tiffany Haddish. It. so i mean i don't know any of the other actors but i know those two and i'm like I, yeah let's go I'm, i want to see this it sounds fun it sounds interesting i definitely and again of all the like why they gets adapted i'm surprised they chose this premise but it's it's because it's an interesting like very unique one so i definitely want to yeah. see this also it, yeah I, it sounds like because i think because it's not like the book wasn't super flashy in terms yeah. of being like a big bestseller that everyone's known and read. I, I kind of wonder if maybe the filmmaker just like read the book and was like, I deeply identify with this. I'm going to make a movie about it, which does happen. <laughs> I do and I love that that happens. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm excited about both of these. And that alien sort of premise is a nice little segue into our topic mm-hmm. of the, the week. But first let's hear from our sponsor. Okay. So I have one more announcement for you before we dive into our topic today, which is our little book club buddy read of A Song of Salvation by Alicia Dow. But first, if you want to escape the dog days of summer with a perfect book recommendation, let tailored book recommendations pick some awesome books to keep you entertained, touch grass, grab some lemonade, and enjoy TBR's picks. It's really great for readers of all stripes. No matter what you like, you just fill out a survey and our expert real live bibliologists will then pick out books and recommend them just for you. Yes, they are real people. They are not AI. They are not algorithms. Yeah, we, we've both done this before and it is real people giving you these recommendations. So we offer plans for all budgets, whether you just want the recommendations in an email or you actually want to be sent the books, um, there is an option for that. So you can go to mytbr.co to sign up today and it only takes a few minutes. That's mytbr.co. Okie doke. So, A Song of Salvation by Alicia Dow. I love this book. It's so much fun. It's so fun. Yeah, it's like a really fun book about some like really dark and oppressive subjects. But yet at the same time, I was like, oh, that was marvelous. Like, you know? No, you're, you're right. <laughs> it is. It is. I think I'm thinking about... Because I, like, just finished it. I think I'm thinking about certain characters. But overall, so, like, okay, let me run that back a little bit. It is fun, but the overall message is actually, like, kind of dark and depressing. But, like, real. Yeah, but I feel like that's what the author does so well in this book, is that, like, she takes a really dark and depressing premise and one that, like, is a real downer. And it has very obvious parallels to our world. Yeah, you know, and yet, like, she fills it with like such delightful 
vibrant characters and such fun moments that Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like a downer of a book, but it does make you think. Absolutely. So do you want to kind of give a little, you know, I don't know, like one minute summary of the book? Like we do want to say that we want to keep this a non-spoilery chat. So if you've not read it, hopefully you can listen to this and be like, Ooh, I want to read this book. Not like, Oh, thanks for ruining it for me. (laughs) Yeah. Let's start with a summary and then maybe we can go into what we liked about it. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So this is about Zara. She is... So they're alien to us, right? So she lives on planet... Oh my gosh. I knew I should have written down the name. Mount... Mount Aries? Mount Aries, yes. So she's on that planet with her grandmother. Her grandmother's like her only living family. They're not related by blood, but rather by like kinship and found family type things and so she's known since forever that she is the reincarnated god indigo indigo we learn in the beginning indigo like created all life basically but then there was a another god osmios i may be saying that incorrectly osmios osvios osvios there we go yes i listened to the audiobook and i'm like wait how was it pronounced osvios Yes. All right. Let me pull up my notes because this is this is science fiction and fantasy. Like there are names. Okay. Names I've never come across before. Let me get my life together. So Osvios is like the opposite of Indigo, where Indigo is like light and creation. Osvios is like destruction because I guess, you know, balance and all that. Whatever. Anyway, so Osvios came into the picture and he like, you know, shook the table, ruffled feathers, messed things up. And after that, Indigo kind of receded into darkness and she went to Malaries and kind of chilled for a minute. And then she became, she came back as Zara. So people were expecting, I guess, like the group of people that Zara was born into, People were expecting that she would come into her powers and kind of save everyone from this really oppressive group of people. They are called the Elori, and they've just been running around, conquering everybody, making colonies. You know, they're very imperialistic. So they, f- they like follow Osvios and they're like, kind of like, he's the god of destruction and they are kind of like, moving in his honor in a way because they're destroying stuff and taking over worlds and stuff like that. But she doesn't really come into her power as people thought she would, as she thought she would. And so she has to kind of adapt to this new situation. And in the very beginning, she's supposed to be like sacrificed because the Elori see her as a threat and through her sacrifice, Like something is supposed to happen, leave you to, you know, find out what that is. So that doesn't go quite according to plan. There's an escape. They plan an escape for her, her grandmother, and um, this kid she grew up with, Kiernan. And she is told by her grandmother to go find this boy named Wesley Daniels, who is on another planet. Now, Wesley, Wesley is an interesting character, because I will say when it went to his chapters, the main chapters 
it, they take turns between uh, being from Zara's point of view and Wesley's point of view. And then they have some other things, um, some other like perspectives that I'll get to in a, that we'll get to in a second. But um, Wesley's was interesting. I really liked. So like Wesley's point of view, it kind of reminded me of Murderbot by Martha Wells, which is not YA, but a book series that I really love. It's really fun. I don't know. It just kind of had that vibe. I listened to it on audiobook a little bit and it kind of just gave me that vibe. It was really fun. Cause so like Wesley should be going to school. He goes to this like bougie school cause he comes from a wealthy family, but a family that is his mother is like really cold and mean to him and stuff like that. And she basically sent him away to this boarding school. So he's supposed to go to school, but instead he's trying to raise money to free himself so that he can live as he wants. By smuggling. But yeah, <laughs> yes, that's a, I that's feel like that's key. an important that, that is that's an, an important, important detail. <laughs> you're right. I was trying to be like, okay, because they gotta save the world, but also Wesley is a smuggler. And you're right, you're right, you're right. You are so right. <laughs> <laughs> so Wesley is smuggling, he is, you know, earning his freedom one smuggle at a time. And Zara is supposed to meet up with him to save her planet. And he has no idea. Yeah. Yeah. What would, what would you add to that summary, Tirza, without being like too spoilery? I think that's very good summary. I would add as well that there is another character who is not really included in the publisher marketing, but he's very important. His name is Ruben. Mm-hmm. Yes, love Ruben. Yes. He's a really fun character that like he's not super prominent at first, but then you realize that he gets pretty important later on. So he's mm-hmm. kind of like this fringe character at first where Wesley listens to this podcast by this guy named Ruben and it's this total anti-imperialistic like calling out the Alori Emperor and the Alori Empire for all of their colonizing ways and um, of course the Alori Empire owns pretty much everything so they're trying to silence him and he's forced to go on the run so at the you know towards the beginning when um, before Wesley meets up with Zara his job is to basically protect Ruben and, and get him where he needs to be without the Allure Empire finding him. And that's kind of when Zara runs into them. And so these three are thrown together on the ship and he's just, you know, Ruben is a big talker. He is very much like, you know, down with the Allure. He wants to interview everybody. He's constantly trying to broadcast what is going on. And Wesley's like, you idiot, like don't tell them where we are. Like, Stop trying to dig us into an even deeper hole. But it's really Ruben who I think kind of convinces Wesley like that they should care about Zara and what her mission is because he takes an instant liking to her. And Yeah, he yeah. does. So there and you know, there's little hints to um Wesley and Ruben are both gay. They kind of they kind of like have this thing for each other. There feels like there's something kind of starting there. So yeah, it's fun. I, I really like they were this very unexpected trio that is a really fun, mm-hmm. um, you know, set of characters to follow. I will say on that note, like them as a trio, that's a new trope I could get down with. Like I have seen the two guys, one girl trio a lot in media, books and movies and shows and everything like that. But I like the dynamic here because the guys here are gay 
and the girl is like the super powerful one. So it's an interesting take on that, on that trope. I liked it. Yeah, me too. Like it, because honestly, at the very beginning of the book, I was wondering if they would try to set up Zara, like, or if they, I mean, by the author, if the author was setting up like Zara and Wesley. And it wasn't that, like, yeah, I, was I wondered to that. Like, yeah. I, I certainly wasn't opposed to that on principle, but like, I've just seen it so often in YA that, like, you know. Yeah. And, and that I was really pleasantly surprised when um, the first time she she drops the hint that that Wesley is actually gay and, and likes Ruben and is crushing on him. And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's do this. Yeah. So I love the twist. And Ruben is a lot of fun. Uh, I think when I said the book was fun, I was thinking of him. Because yes, I, I thought so. <laughs> I was thinking of him. Like, without him, the book is way less, like, there's a lot less levity to it. He brings the fun. Yes. He's like a ray of sunshine. He has these, like, very interesting, like, fashion tastes. And he carries around this clutch that can, like, pop out and, like, pop you in a jumpsuit real quick fast. And I was just like, yes. yes. So he's that kind of like fun character who's like kind of ridiculous and maybe becomes a little emotionally attached, like a little too quickly, (laughs) just maybe like a little bit like that's real, though. Some people are like that. So I've definitely met some Rubens before, but Ruben is a great big chunk of fun. In the big, I like the the idea of like gods and creation and stardust, like the lore of the world was interesting, I felt. And there were some real moments yes. of, like, to think of it like that. Like, it starts to become kind of philosophical or metaphysical, I guess, to think of, like, oh, what if, you know, it kind of makes you think, like, oh, what if it really is like that? So there were some moments in the book where, like, the language was pretty and the descriptions and just how Alicia Dow wrote about, like, you know, existence and th- and living things coming into existence out of the stardust and stuff like that. So I liked I liked those moments. I thought they were nice. Yeah, I would agree with that. And then one of my notes too is like the mythology of the world. Like if you like yeah. mythology, um, yes. but like you're not necessarily wanting to like dive into a retelling of like a you know real world Earth mythology. This is really good because it brings all of those vibes of like a mythological retelling while also, you know, being fiction. And I'm certain like if you know mythology really well, you might kind of recognize like some inspiration that um, Alicia Dow had for the book. But yeah, it was so it was so interesting. And I, you know, one aspect that I really liked about it was how um, Zara's all of her powers and her ability and her sort of manifestation of indigo comes out in the form of like songs and like melodies mm-hmm. and like this, yes. this like yeah which is really That's so interesting cool. yeah it was so interesting and a really cool i think unique spin on yeah just like how that sort of i, I almost said magic it's not really magic because it's power, but you know what I'm saying. I, I think it was just really cool how that manifested. Yeah. No, that's true. And like you said, there is some um, inspiration from, like, I guess, real world mythologies. And I noticed that I felt like that was one. And I that was actually, that was also another moment that I liked because I was like, oh, I 
I saw the familiarity there with other like already existing mythologies. Like just the idea of speaking something into existence, like the word being something that, you know, brings forth, you know, life and stuff like that. How Alicia Dow conveyed that was really pretty. And I agree too. I liked the, I, for lack of a better phrase, magic system. Cause like, yeah, like you said, it's kind of like not magic. But yeah, I really like that aspect of it. Yeah. So she's like, yeah, it's technically considered like she's called a night weaver because she can yeah. harness that power through music, which is really cool. And the other thing I thought was really interesting is this idea that like, so Indigo, you know, you this power is Indigo's. Like he uses those songs to literally like make that life and make the beauty in, in this universe. Um, and Asvios is kind of like this, this god of destruction, but also the fact that like there needs to be balance. So is mm-hmm. Zara you know, overextends herself and is trying to like, you know, create too much, like there has to be balance. And and that's really interesting too, because I think um, it's an interesting and more nuanced take on like the ideas of like, you know, dark and light, good or bad. Like sometimes yeah. people are like, you know, it's either one or the other, but like, you know, it, it's not necessarily like one is inherently bad and one is inherently good. Like there's has to be balance. And I thought that yeah. was an interesting concept to kind of explore and look at. And yeah, I really, I enjoyed it. Yeah. On that note, I liked, and maybe this is just something that I'm seeing more in YA books, especially science fiction and fantasy YA books, which have more of the good versus evil thing going on, of course, and, you know, battles, like final boss battles and stuff, um, where this type of thing would be relevant. But in this one, I like how, you know, all this terrible, all these terrible things are happening to people, pretty much courtesy of the Alori and their colonizing ways. But people also are like, there's none of that, oh, you have to forgive someone and you know you shouldn't want to get revenge and stuff like that. I feel like there are times when the characters are like, nah, this af- this awful thing ha- happened to you. It happened to me. It happened to a lot of us. Like, you can feel angry about that. Because I don't yeah. know. I just feel like... I And I think that we're all kind of moving away from it, from this. And by this, I mean, like, that idea that the hero or protagonist or whatever has to be, like, 100% forgiving and if they if they succumb to um, any anger or anything like that, then they're ruined or it's just like, you know, not desirable. And it's like, no, like your family got killed. You can be angry. Absolutely. And I on that note, too, I'm, I'm glad you kind of pointed that out because this sort of dovetails into what I was going to point out next is that, you mm. know, Zara's grown up being told that, like, she has a purpose. Like, she she doesn't even really have parents or family, like, biological family. Like, she, you know, she was carried by a woman who they were purposely being like, we are going to bring the next iteration of Indigo into our world. And she's always been told like, this is her purpose. But then there's like a moment in the, um, this is kind of like, I think in the first half of the book um, or around the middle point where she, you know, is using her powers to escape and to, you know, to battle the Alori empire and people who would are out to harm her. And she could kill them all. 
And in fact, in the past, like she she has killed anybody who's gotten in her way because they would absolutely kill her first. Like she's not vindictive, but like she also realizes that like I don't necessarily want to be a murderer. Like I think I believe in justice. I'm not opposed to, you know, vengeance, but like in this moment, I don't need to kill all these people just because they're in my way. And it it's like yeah. the start of this really good journey for her as she's kind of trying to figure out like, yes, she knows she's indigo, but like, how does she want to move through the world? And like, how does she mm-hmm. want to react? And like, what kind of person does she want to be? And I, I, I really appreciated that. Yeah, I liked how the story in general, especially as, as well as for like Wesley, um, it explores like societal expectations, parental expectations, and it shows that like, it shows how detrimental and harmful they can be if they are um, like very strictly enforced. And if, mm-hmm. you know, people and kids are like criticized for them, because Wesley's in a really like kind of bad spot as far as that goes, especially in the beginning of the book. And Zara is too in a way because she's feel she feels like she's let people down. She's not who she's supposed to be. But the thing is, they're expecting her to be Indigo as Indigo was. But she's Zara. Yeah, exactly. Indigo came into existence themselves, like in totally different circumstances and had different experiences. So Zara being reborn as Indigo, those are, you know, that's a whole new set of experiences and a, you know, a new version of Indigo. So which who is Zara really? So that exploration was really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Wesley's mother was like almost comically terrible. <laughs> she was. Well, and it's interesting because I don't know if you had this experience. I'll let you let me just say this and then you can go on. But when I first started reading the book and he was all like, my mother sent me away. She doesn't like me. She doesn't love me. At first I was like, is she like truly as evil as he's making her out to be? Or is like, is he been sent away for like some secret reason that will like become That's what I thought. at the end of the book? Yeah. Yeah. No, she's bad. And it kind of just turns out that she's terrible. She's just bad. (laughs) She's just terrible. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, oh, she did this because the little magic fish bit her and they told her to do this, like send him away and make sure he doesn't come back. Because if he comes back, then, you know, the prophecy will not be fulfilled. But... You know, so make sure he yeah, stays away. Something, something. Like and that. it was like, nah, girl, she's just terrible. She's just awful. I was like, nah, sis. Yeah, which is fine. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, like I mean, which is fine from like a storytelling perspective because like some parents are just literally terrible and they totally play favorites with siblings and whatnot. Because yeah. oh yeah, the other thing is that Wesley's brother is like a famous musician so and she clearly favors him but yeah i i was okay i'm glad we were on the same wavelength there yeah i was just like all right now i keep wanting to say the book was fun i'm also still looking like at the cover i looked up i brought up the page for it on goodreads just it's so pretty so i could remember like the people's you know the characters names because the names are different so like well wesley is not wesley is you know I've heard of Wesley before, and Zara yeah. too, but Osvios and stuff. I was like, all right, let me make sure I say these names correctly. Um, but I think, yeah, I'm thinking of Ruben. I'm thinking of, I'm looking at the cover, which is so pretty, like you just said. And that's why I keep wanting to say it, it was fun. But yeah, I see, I saw some um, comparisons to like Octavia Butler, and I definitely could see some of that 
in it as far as like a sci-fi slash fantasy story that, like you said earlier, examines some very earthly problems very well and uses like, Mm -hmm. takes it out of us, like away from humanity and or kind of away from humanity because Earth makes an appearance. Humans make an appearance. The aliens think we're cute, by the way, which was funny. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> I like that. Do you have any other like moments that you thought were fun or any other observations you made? So, yeah, it's it was just it's really fun book. And I think there's a few more things that we want to touch on as well that are non spoilery. But first, let's hear from our next sponsor. Okay, so yeah, I think the overall consensus is like, yes, good, good book, (laughs) good pick, beautiful cover. I did want to mention one other thing, because I don't feel like this is like, necessarily vitally important to the Uh book, but like just something I appreciated. And I kind of wanted to shout out, which is that like, you know, we get like, obviously, character, like, descriptions, like, you know, we get skin tones, eye color, um, hair, and all of this stuff, which allows you to, like, paint, like, this really vivid picture of the characters. And the the illustration of the woman on the cover, I think, is a pretty accurate depiction of how Zara's um, described in the mm-hmm. book. But one of the things that I also really liked is that, like, I think at one point, like, she's described as, like, sturdy and thick. I really, I don't know, I just, I appreciated that, like, you know, it's not just, like, another skinny protagonist, like, or, but, like, the author went out of her way to be, like, no, no, this is somebody who, who is sturdy and thick, and she's strong, and, and so you're not just getting, you know, your typical, I guess, like, thin gaze type of protagonist, like, she's very clearly body positive, like, this is who who Zara is, and I was just, like, another, I think it's a smaller detail that I appreciated in reading this book. No, yeah, and it's also, like, her not being thin is not made to be a big deal, it's just, like, like you said, like, um, the author describes basically everyone's physical appearance, like, when you first meet them, kind of, and so it's just painting a picture. Also, Ruben is delightfully thick, too. So, yes. Yeah, because there's a one point when he like pulls out of his magic little pack <laughs> yes. um, a jumpsuit for Zara. And she's like, there's nothing that could fit in that pack that could like also yeah. fit me. And he's like, no, it's just a spare jumpsuit. I think it even has like built in undies. And he's like, you'll love it. <laughs> and, and it fits her because they're like, basically the same size. Yeah. So that was delightful. I was like, I want to pop out like jumpsuit with built-in undies. Like that is an invention we need to get right? on. That needs to happen. Whoever's listening, make it happen. Yes, yes, make it happen. Please. <laughs> oh yeah. So I really enjoyed this book. I think. Oh, here's a fun question for mm. you. Not to put you on the spot or anything, but like, okay, if you read and enjoyed this book, was, th- was there like a YA book that you would recommend to go along with this one? Or if you liked A Song of Salvation, you should read X, Y, and Z next. Ooh, I think that, well, there is, Alicia Dow has other books. So that would be a good place to start, but that's probably not what you're thinking of because that's kind of obvious i kind of feel like there's one by lillian rivera that's coming to mind actually 
There is one I'm trying to think of that I can't remember the name of, but it is a retelling of an epic Hindu poem, but it's a space opera. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, I can't think of the I name. I feel like maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, is it? I know. Now we're going to have to be like, oh, is it this? Is it that? That sounds amazing. I, I, I found it. A Spark of White Fire, I believe. Ooh. I have not read that one. Oh, that one looks good. A Spark of White Fire yeah. by Sangu Mandana. Yep. Okay. Oh, yeah. The blurb says, in a universe of capricious gods, dark moons, and kingdoms built on the backs of spaceships, a cursed queen sends her infant daughter away, a jealous uncle steals the throne of Kali from his nephew, and an exiled prince vows to take his crown back. It's kind of It's kind of adjacent, right? Yeah, that definitely sounds like a good a good recommendation. If you like this, then this. Oh, okay. Adding this to my list. Because I think this book was like maybe kind of on my radar, but like I'd never like actually added it to my TBR. Mm -hmm. So thank you, Erica. Of course. I'm glad I could think of it. Well, I thought I didn't think of the name. I thought of the description and I was able to Google it real quick fast. (laughs) Awesome. Um, I think if I were to recommend something similar to A Song of Salvation, um, I'm thinking about like the whole space travel mm-hmm. and the the fun like banter with Ru- that Ruben adds to the book. Um, I would have to recommend the Illuminae Files trilogy by um, Amy Kaufman. And they're really fun because they're similar to... A Song of Salvation, which has like these little sort of interludes of like the podcasts and announcements. Um, the Illuminate files are told completely in like transcripts and yeah, and, and other sort of found data and materials. And they are about what happens when a very bad corporation kind of has, um, they like, they basically break the law and they have a little bit of corporate overreach and they cause this disaster. And these teens who are survivors basically band together to um, try to like basically tell the entire universe, like, hey, this is going on. This is really bad and expose what's been happening. Um, but there's a lot of intrigue and danger and excitement. And it's, you know, set in space. So it was really fun. So I re- recommend The Illuminate Files by... Um, Amy Kaufman. That does sound really fun. And I did really like the addition of the podcast excerpts or little segments in the book that Ruben did. Those were fun. So yeah, I think I think both both of our recommendations together, they kind of like equal like, well, they both like individually touch on points that this book had. Um, But yeah, no, that sounds really good. That sounds really interesting. Yeah. I really enjoyed that one. And it's like I said, it's a trilogy. You're definitely going to want to read all three books. Um, And they're kind of like, they seem really thick, but I promise you that like there are some pages where, you know, there's only a few words on the page because it's um, like space poetry. So you get all sorts of different mixed. Yeah. Yeah. It's the AI on one of the ships is malfunctioning and writes poetry. Oh my God. Which is so random and I love it. I like the idea of something malfunctioning and it writing poetry as a result. <laughs> it's like, it's a little shady, right. but it's kind of poetic, pun intended. Yeah. 
And uh, I know that the idea of AI writing poems is maybe not like the most popular idea in the year of our Lord 2023. Oh, yeah, but, definitely not. Um, in this fictional, yeah, in this fictional sci-fi adventure, it was it was kind of fun. So yeah, I like how it sounds. Yeah. I'm definitely into space and space operas and space exploration. Um, there's so many um, interesting things that come as a result of it. So I love to see how the authors create their worlds and things like that. So that sounds fun. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, science fiction is one of the genres in YA that like, yes, there are some very popular YA sci-fi books and, and it's not like they never are released, but it's just not quite as um, numerous as I think like YA fantasy is or even YA horror. I feel like in the last few years, YA horror has really exploded and um, YA sci-fi has not quite had its moment like that. But there's some really good YA sci-fi out there. And and I admit, too, that, like, sci-fi is not my go-to genre. I enjoy it. I will definitely read sci-fi. But every now and then, like, I'll read sci-fi and be like, oh, my gosh, this is so good. Why don't I read more of this? I'm the same way. Yeah. I gravitate toward... Well, I... Sometimes I think, like... I don't know. I think about, like, space and how it's, like, oh, it's just, like, you know, empty darkness. Like, what do I feel like reading about this book about... These kids in a ship, whatever, you know, floating out in space and I read it and it's great. And I'm like, oh, why don't I read more? <laughs> why don't I read more of this genre? Yeah. I feel you. Yep. I, I t- totally get it. So anyhow, but I'm so glad that you suggested this pick Yay! because I really, really enjoyed it. And I'm so glad that we got to chat about it with everybody I'm talking about you like, hey, I'm so glad we got to all chat together as if you are all participating in this chat in real time. But I do feel very happy knowing that people are listening to this and hopefully we'll go and read this amazing book. Yes, please do. For real. In the meantime, I don't know. Do you have anything else you want to add? No, I just I agree. I thought the book was great. I there's a lot of creativity in it. A lot of beautiful turns of phrases. The characters are great. I think everyone should read it. And thanks to everyone who got it and read along with us. It's been fun. It's been real. Y'all were here with us in spirit in this conversation with us in spirit. I felt it. Yes. 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 We loved it. So and we we love doing this every um, every few months just because as you might know about us, we can talk a lot. So it's fun to talk about like one specific book and just, yeah, nerd out. So Yay. Go in, yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in this week. Um, you can always leave us feedback on the show on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. It helps let um, us know how we're doing, but it also helps others find us. And you can always send us an email at heyya at bookriot.com. Don't forget to visit bookriot.com for newsletters, more podcasts, and of course, all things bookish always. Thank you to today's sponsors for making this show possible. And thank you so much to our awesome audio editor, Jen Zink. You can follow me on Instagram at, at Tears of Price. And Erica, how about you? <laughs> I'm at, at Twitter at Erica underscore EZE underscore. I noticed you didn't say Twitter. <laughs> I'm, I've not deleted my account, but like I'm really not yeah. on there anymore. Or should we say X? We shouldn't. We shouldn't. <laughs> but yeah, no, we sh- we shouldn't. We should. You're yes. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. So yes. Anywho, um, but we will talk to you again in a couple of weeks. Until then, happy reading. Happy reading. <laughs>